www.brfcs.com. By the fans. For the fans. Since 1986. Welcome to BRFCS podcast number 62. I'm Wen Waihu, the BRFCS editor. Chief reporter Cami is with us in the virtual studio once again to bring us up to date with what's going on at the Rovers and to discuss the pre-season friendlies and look ahead to the new season starting next Sunday at Derby. Yesterday we played Everton in the final match of the pre-season fixtures, uh, the so-called prestige fixture, and uh, it was a a nice reminder of uh, where we are at the moment. Three years ago we played Everton at the beginning of the season, and uh, I think we won with a Kalinic goal, uh, well taken when Tim Howard dropped the ball. And uh, two seasons ago, we played them again right at the beginning of the season down at Ewood. And uh, a game of three penalties, and eventually we went down to a rather uh, controversial penalty, which they uh, put away, uh, Rovers having missed a couple before that. We played really well that day, two years ago, more than a match for Everton. Yesterday, however, Everton were a couple of weeks behind us uh, in the fitness stakes. But uh, how were we on the day? We lost 3-1. Cammy, two years ago we watched Rovers uh, at home to Everton right at the beginning of the season. Um, I think uh, Formica was uh, just down below us when he, when he fell over for that first penalty, I think. And, uh, but we put in a pretty good performance that day. Uh, do you remember it well? Yeah, I think it was the game where there were three penalties, weren't there? Where yeah. uh, we missed two, and then they got a, a dodgy one right at the end, which Mikel Arteta put away. Uh, but but yeah, that was one of the the, the better performances. For Mika was was good in that game. So so yeah, it brought back some memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, um, there was just over nine thousand on the ground. Um, the whole of the Darwin End lower was taken up by Everton fans, I believe. So that means the majority were from Everton. Yeah, they had, they had um, I mean, fantastic effort by them, to be honest. Um, you know, when, when I heard that they were bringing a lot of fans down, I thought, well, you know, it, surely they won't fill the Darwin End. But uh, they'd filled the entire lower tier and they'd also opened up the, the upper tier and they'd, they'd, they were about a quarter full, maybe just over a quarter full of the upper tier as well. Uh, so, fantastic effort from them. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it is to do with because they've got a new manager, Martinez. I think the fans wanted to come in and show him that they were were behind him, and um, you know they got to see a a, a very good Everton performance. Um, like you said, they at least two or three weeks behind us in terms of pre-season preparation because our season starts next week, whereas uh, the Premier League is still three weeks away. So so they are behind us, but um, they, they were they were really good. Um, I mean, first 20 minutes, Rovers were full of endeavour, you know, closing them down, full of effort. Um, and we did have a couple of chances. Uh, Taylor had a a free header from a corner, which he put just wide, and Hanley uh, also ha- had a good chance. Um, so, you know, we, we, we did well first 20-25 minutes. Uh, we were never in control of the game, but uh, we were causing them some problems. Uh, however, um, they took the lead. Uh, it was a judge tried to play a Hollywood ball um, from the, the left wing to the right, and that was intercepted by Everton. Uh, they got into the box. Uh, Hanley made a great clearance of the line. Uh, we didn't get the second ball away. And I think it was um, Morales' shot which deflected off uh, Hanley and, and, and went in. So they were 1-0 up. Um, um, second half, um, first 20 minutes, they were all over us, to be honest. Um, you know, They got 2-0 up. They could have been 4 or 5. Um, they, they had some really good chances. Jelwich had a couple of chances. Uh, 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 Keane pulled off some pretty good saves. Um, um, we then made some changes. Uh, at, you know, Ruben Rutina came on, uh, and Formica came on. Um, a couple of uh, as soon as Rutina came on, the game seemed to to change a little bit because uh, he's got a good ability. He was able to take the ball in and and 
sparked some attacks and um you know we, we put them under a little bit more pressure um and um you know they, at that stage they were three nil up um so maybe they were relaxing a bit as well and they'd made quite a lot of changes but um right at the end um i think it was a cross from formica uh which went out for a corner uh, we, we swung the corner in. Um, I think it was Rosado with, with the corner and uh, Dan at the back post. Uh, the keeper missed it and Dan at the back post um, made it 3-1. So, you know, all in all, um, it's hard to judge a pre-season game. You know, I always said, uh, never judge a team in pre-season. I've seen Rovers teams win uh, the majority of the pre-season games and then the first day of the season have flopped. So it's always um, uh, hard to judge to judge pre-season games but uh, from what I saw um, a lot of effort from the players can't, you can't fault that but we've got a distinct lack of quality uh, in centre midfield uh, we had Jason Law and uh, Morrow uh, in the middle yesterday and they both try hard you know they, they work hard but when you have them as a combination uh, you have no creativity in the middle of the park because their first instinct when they get the ball is to either look sideways or to look backwards so uh, there were a couple of occasions where we could have caught Everton on the, on the break and the ball went to low and moral and rather than passing it forwards they either passed it backwards or sideways and then you lost impetus and it gave Everton a chance to bring get players back into positions and then it's harder to break them down so that's an area that definitely leaves looking at uh, the centre midfield um, you know, is, is a problem. But uh, having said that, we have got a lot of injuries in the area. You know, Williamson's injured, Dunn's injured, um, Atuhu's injured. Um, so so, so it, it's, it's hard to criticise because we have got a lot of injuries in the area. Plus, um, I know we're going to talk about it later, but um, that's an area that definitely um, um, Boyer's looking to um, add to over the next few weeks. But yeah, all in all, um, obviously Everton are Premier League side and we are a championship squad uh, um, and it showed yesterday uh, they were they were far better than us and um, um, you know they thoroughly deserve to win. But from our side, a lot of effort. Players gave it 100%, um, just missing that little bit of quality at the moment. Yeah. Uh, now on the on the fitness front, uh, obviously we're a couple of weeks ahead of Everton, uh, but uh, did you know? Did the Rovers uh, look pretty pretty? I mean, you said Rovers were up for it. Did they look pretty fit? Were they closing yeah. down well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was hot yesterday as well. It was uh, twenty four, twenty five degrees. Uh, we, we had thunderstorms yesterday evening, so you you know from from Japan uh, when when it, you know when it's when it's muggy like that, uh, it, it, it's it, the you know, humi- humidity was quite high. So uh, Rovers players were chasing around all over the place, you know, closing them down, uh, denying them space. So to play that kind of game, you've got to be very, very fit. Um, so and in that heat as well, absolutely, um, you know, no worries about uh, the fitness side of things. Uh, they, they look very, very fit, and it's the first time in a number of years, uh, Touchwood, uh, where we've had pre season and not picked up muscle injuries. You know, where last year we had with with uh, uh, that superstar manager Keane in charge, we had a load of injuries because uh, the players weren't fit enough. But this year. Uh, really, DJ Campbell's the only one who's been injured as a result of pre-season, and and that wasn't a muscle injury; that was uh, an, an ankle injury, which which happened during the game. You know, the likes of Williamson, Etuhu, and Dunn, they were injured prior to the start of um, the, the the pre-season. So, so I think that that shows we've done a lot of good work uh, on the fitness side of things, and uh, hopefully that'll stand us in good stead uh, come come you know next week and the start of the season. Yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. Oh, I was talking to a a, a a guy, and he said that if you screw up the fitness side of things in pre-season, then you're screwed up, screwed for the rest of the season because there is no the work that you do in pre-season because you have six, seven, eight weeks with the players. You never can do that during the season because games are coming thick and fast. Uh, you don't have that much time with the players in terms of doing training and fitness work. So, so you, you're pretty much going to be playing catch up throughout the season, and you won't be able to catch up. So, uh, he was saying to me that if you screw up pre-season, 
in terms of fitness, then you're screwed for the rest of the season. That that's how crucial it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to hear because uh, uh, one or two murmurings on the on the forums that uh, uh, the players don't don't look fit enough, but uh, uh, always got to take it with a, a certain amount of salt. Um, of course, under Steve Keane, uh, it seemed as though uh, weren't fit at any any stage of any of any. Uh, season or game or whatever, just horrendous, weren't they? Understand? Yeah, we look, We used to look knackered after ten minutes. Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. <laughs> really bad. But, uh, yeah, so it's good to see that uh, uh, Gary Boyer and his team have uh, have got us uh, up up and running properly, as it were, ahead of the season. Just wondering, uh, obviously, with uh, playing a, a higher quality outfit like Everton um, meant that uh, perhaps we were doing more chasing than hopefully we'll be doing against uh, some of the teams uh, uh, around our level. Just wondering the the tactics of Martinez um, did he he change to his his favoured formation with three at the back at any stage? Uh, No, he he never changed to three at the back but uh, they played one up front uh, Corny, and then uh, when he made the substitution, uh, Jelovic uh, was up front. And I, I, I tell you what, they did try to pass the ball a lot more than, than they were doing before. You know, you know, with under Moyes, they're yeah. a bit more direct. I mean, you know, they weren't playing long ball football or anything like that, but uh, they were a little bit more more direct than 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 previous. You know, than 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 they were yesterday. Definitely trying to play more, and they had um, a Ross Barkley. Uh, I don't know if you remember, he was on loan at Sheffield Wednesday last year and uh, he played the first half and he was really, really good. He, he causes a heck of a lot of problems and they seem to be playing through him. So, so yeah, I, I saw uh, an Everton side passing it a bit more than they were doing um, um, on, under Moyes. Um, and, and yeah, they, they, they look good. And mm. uh, like, like I said, they were a few weeks behind us in terms of uh, fitness work. So, um, so uh, that that you know, if I was Everton fan, that was a uh, hugely encouraging. Mm, yeah. um, having seen uh, you know a year of the championship, um, how, how did the quality of the opposition yesterday compare with what you saw last season? Yeah, I mean you can drum it down to the first goal. You know the first goal that they scored mm. uh, in the championship. If you play a Hollywood ball and and you get caught on the break. Uh, more often than not, you might get away with it um, uh, because the, the players you're up against are of a, a, a lower quality. You can make more mistakes. Everton, that was the first mistake we'd made in the game you know, where a judge played a ball across the field and he got caught out, the hitters on the break, and bang, goal. And I, and I think that's the biggest difference between the Premier League and the Championship. And, and, and I saw that last year um, where I think it was a Barnsley game uh, where we made mistake after mistake, but they, they couldn't punish us at uh, Ewood, and and then uh, you know because we had slightly better quality players then, you know, like like Nuno Gomez and uh, Kazim Richards etc. Uh, we got a chance and and we punished them. So so I think um, you know it's it's that uh, bit of quality that you have in the Premier League, which, which where you won't get away with making mistakes. Yeah, and. Uh... You'll have been watching some of the new signings for the first time, I believe. Uh, Chris Taylor, how did he look? Uh, I mean, he's done well in the other pre-season games, but uh, yesterday uh, he didn't get much ball, to be honest. Uh, he ran up and down you know, a lot. Yeah, absolutely you know, no problem with his effort, but um, he, he, he never really got much chance on the ball. Uh, he was on the left wing and then he was switched to the right-hand side. Um, but... Um, he was pretty anonymous, to be honest, but that's not a judgment on him. It's more uh, you know, we were able to get the ball to him, um, and uh, he, he, you know, it's it's like I said, it's pre-season, so it's hard to judge. But uh, yeah, yesterday uh, he was pretty anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Alan Judge and Alex Marrow are back at the club. Um, Alan Judge is only about what five foot six, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, he's yeah. Uh, quite a busy player. Yeah. He was, yeah, uh, and to be honest, he was our best player. I think, uh, pretty much. Um, he he 
great delivery from corners. Uh, he was buzzing. He was playing off roads in the first half, so he was playing in that number ten role. So he was getting around all over the pitch. Um, he was putting balls in, put some cracking crosses in. He took take some good corners, um, and he was our most sort of creative player. Um, and and you could see uh, he was he was really up for it. So so. I mean, he did give the ball away for for the goal, but then we did have opportunities to clear the ball after uh, you know that initial break, and and so there was combina- you know, there were quite a few faults at that goal. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, he was our most impressive player. Uh, Morrow, um, he's big and dependable. Um, personally, I think you can't play Morrow and Law in the same midfield um, because they're both essentially the same type of player. They're blockers. Um, so they give you good defensive cover, and and you know, obviously you need that in some games. But um, going forwards, they offer very little. Uh, they pass, Morrow can pass the ball a little bit better than Law can, but that's not saying much. Um, but they both look to pass sideways or backwards first, and and that takes all the impetus out when when you when you're trying to get forward, particularly if you're trying to hit a team on the break. Um, so. I mean, at the moment, we we don't really have many other options, so so they've got to play. But um, I think going forward, uh, maybe playing them both together uh, is 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 not the way forward um, because um, uh, they, they they essentially do the same job. Now, if we change formation and play three midfielders, um, three central midfielders, so we play like a four-five-one, then you can you can possibly play them two as as two holding midfielders. But uh, as of in a four-four-one-one formation, um, when you play them both together, uh, they, they, uh, the defensive side of things they do bring a lot. But um, uh, going forwards, uh, you lose you, you lose a little with them playing in the middle. Uh, the defence and the organisation. Uh, um, we were banging on about this. Uh, well, for most of the last two years, actually. Um, we've brought in Matt Kilgallen from Sunderland. Uh, he's a centre-back, but uh, can also play uh, at left full-back. Um, how does how he fit in, and how does the defence and the organisation look? Yeah, I mean, I mean he played at left-back. Uh, uh, he played the first half only, um, and uh, yeah, he looked all right. Um, and, you know, he's big and tall, so from set-pieces uh, in the Championship, you have a lot of you know, big tall players, so he'll help uh, in terms, if he's playing at left-back, he'll help uh, when, when we have to defend set-pieces. Um, obviously, um, first off, uh, defensively, we were quite good. Everton put limited pressure on, but we dealt with it, apart from the goal where we had a couple of opportunities to clear it and, and we just couldn't get it away. Uh, second half, uh, uh, we put Josh Morris at left-back and unfortunately, uh, Seamus Coleman came on for Everton and uh, he ripped uh, uh, Morris apart to be honest on on that side and pretty much all their good attacks came from from uh, from their right our left um, so second half uh, we were more exposed uh, because uh, uh, Josh Morris was at left, left back and Seamus Coleman uh, totally ripped him apart so 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 that wasn't so good in the second half but but yeah generally speaking um, I think defensively, when you have Dan and and Handy, uh, they seem to have a good understanding. So, so that you know that they're a decent partnership. I think they developed quite well uh, last season, particularly after um, sort of January, February, March time. You when we were really under the cosh, uh, them two came to the fore. Yeah, and uh, in front of them, the the team as a as a defensive unit. D- does it look as though we're better organised now than you know, say under? Uh, under Steve Keane and uh, possibly under Appleton. Yeah, I mean the the wingers were working back, and then, like I said a few minutes ago, with, with uh, Low and Morrow playing there, they're naturally defensive players. So, so, so that's what they do. They provide a screen, uh, and 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 they definitely did that for for large periods of the time yesterday. Um, so, so that that's that's all well and good, but the the problem is when is. Um, it was a bit too negative if you play like that. Um, we weren't really testing the opposition. Now I know the Premier League side, but uh, we were defensively well organised with Morrow and, and Law there. But going forwards, uh, we struggled, and it was only when Ruben came on 
that uh, that the game changed and he was able to take the ball in and, and bring other players in. Um, uh, interestingly, Rosado came on for the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, um, and he looked really good. Uh, got a good touch. Uh, he's not very quick, so so that's the the one negative, but he put some cracking balls in. He worked back and, and he looked decent. And same with Ruben. Uh, I think Ruben's been spending some time at the gym, uh, to be honest, because he's bulked up quite a bit. And there were a couple of physical challenges where he was able to hold off players. And, and uh, you know, you know Ruben, he'll, he's, he's the sublime and the ridiculous at times. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, there were a couple of times where he tried that one trick too many, but uh, I think he's tempered that a little bit. But his quality, you know, he, 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 as soon as he came on, he got the ball. He was trying to put through balls to Best or to Rhodes. And he put Formica in a couple of times. He had a couple of shots. And the, the thing that I noticed more from him, he was working back as well. And he put a couple of sliding challenges in, which is unheard of for him. Uh, but he looked a lot bigger, uh, not fat, but a lot more muscular. So I just wonder whether he's been spending some time in the gym over the summer. Um, so that was a, a big positive to see Ruben come on and, and have, a, have a pretty decent impact. And uh, Rosado... It's the first time I've really seen him play. Um, he's not very quick, um, but he's got a very good touch on him. Uh, he, he also put a couple of challenges in, and the couple of times where he got out wide, he put some cracking balls into the box. So so that's one to watch. And Formica came on, having looked like he was on his way out of the club, and, and it was, again, a typical Formica kind of performance where he worked up and worked hard down that right-hand side for the 20 odds minute he was on and again he got a couple of chances where he put some balls in so I think there's a lot for Boyer to think about in terms of the balance of the side uh, both defensively and, and going forward and I'm, I'm sure the likes of Rosado and um, Ruchina uh, have, have possibly staked a claim uh, to be in the side next week Yeah. Now um, Jordan Rhodes hasn't scored in pre-season uh, I don't, I don't think too many people will be worried about that per se. Uh, but the fact that he seems to be isolated uh, uh, up front is more of a worry. Um, who do you think uh, is going to be his best partner? Um, you know, he's had uh, best DJ Campbell, uh, Ruben, very, very briefly with him uh, in pre-season. Uh, who, who do you think uh, will get the nod for the derby match? Well, I, I seen as yesterday was like a final dress rehearsal and he played uh, one up front. Uh, so uh, he played Rhodes up front and then when Rhodes went off, uh, Best came on for the last 10, 10, 12 minutes. So it's pretty obvious that's the way we're going to go with one up front and then uh, one player uh, playing off, off Rhodes. So that was a judge and then, then Regina. So so I think that's the way we're going. Uh, he, you know, We know Jordan Rhodes is not the kind of player who's going to take the ball, take on four or five players and smack it to the top corner. That That's not his game. His game is all about getting good quality service and he'll get on to the end of it. He's got really good movement. He works hard you know, in terms of uh, helping the side and he's got fantastic movement. But yesterday... As for large periods of last season, uh, we don't play to Rhodes' strengths. Uh, we don't get good service to him. We don't get the ball in dangerous positions and allow him uh, to to take advantage of that. And so yesterday he was anonymous, not because he was playing rubbish or or because he was less committed. It was because we, we never got any good service up to him. Um, it was only when Ruben came on that he started to get a few through balls put through to him. So so it's hard to criticise him. He worked as hard as usual. He got into those dangerous positions, but um, we didn't get the service to him. Um, and and he was feeding on scraps again. But um, hopefully, um, you know, with with players coming back, you know, like Williamson and, and maybe Atuhu, and us looking to strengthen that centre midfield, uh, we can work on that. Um, over the next few weeks and give him the service because he's proved last year time and again if you give him good service he'll score the goals and and hopefully we can do that so basically you don't think that Leon Best will be starting up with uh, John Rhodes I mean maybe unless uh, Boyer was bluffing uh, uh, Derby uh, 
yesterday played one up front and at no point did both Best and Rhodes play together. So I'm assuming we're going for one up front and uh, either Judge or Rachina playing off 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 that the main striker. So uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if both of them well st- definitely start the game. You know, I don't think they'd both be on the same pitch at the start of the game. But uh, maybe if things don't go well, then he might change it next week. Mm-hmm. Now, until yesterday, we were unbeaten in pre-season. Um, because we played uh, uh, Wrexham earlier uh, in the uh, pre-season and then uh, we've had uh, games against Rochdale, Bury, uh, Preston and uh, also uh, reserves at uh, Bamber Bridge. Um, you didn't manage to get to any of those games though, did you? No, no, I, yeah. I wasn't able to get to any of them, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, you, did you hear any uh, first-hand reports or, or see any bits, bits of the games? Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, Rovers player um, have been uploading the full game on onto the Rovers player. So, <laughs> so all the preseason games, you know, involving the first team uh, on Rovers player, you get the full first and and second half. So I watched them through there, um, and you know, they've been fitness exercises. To be honest, the Preston game was the first really serious game I thought from from watching that the, from from watching the coverage. Uh, other than that, uh, all the other games have all been about making sure the players get fit, and you know, uh, boy, are working on a few things, trying different formations, trying different shapes. Um, so Preston was the real first game where it looked uh, more competitive than the previous ones, and yeah, like you said, we were unbeaten. A lot of draws in there, you know. Um, the first team, uh, Wrexham, was the first one. We drew one-one. Then we went to Portugal. And we played Porti Portimonese SC, and we won that one one nil. Uh, and then it was the crew game. We won that one one nil. And then Rochdale two two, and Preston one one. And then Everton, obviously, we beat three one. So uh, we lost three one. Sorry. So uh, a lot of draws in there. Um, but you know, I've never judged a team on on preseason. Um, it, it, you know, the players aren't giving it a hundred percent. Really, um, they're worried about getting injured. The manager might be trying some weird tactical setup, or they've been told to do a certain thing that the manager wants to look at. So it's all about the fitness in in preseason. Uh, the players want to use it to get match fit as as much as possible, and um, the real business starts uh, next Sunday with, with with the first league game. That's when we can start to judge in terms of where the team is and 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 how we're going to go forward over the next. Uh, 46-odd games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ Campbell scored uh, a couple of goals. Um, he managed to uh, score against Preston an equaliser after uh, Kevin Davis had put Preston ahead. Uh, but uh, he sustained an injury and is now out for quite a while. Uh, a couple of months, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's looked very sharp uh, um, uh, over pre-season um, and it looked like you know he could be a big player for us, and I think he will still be. You know, he looked very very sharp, uh, but unfortunately, he's picked up an ankle injury. At first, uh, I was hearing he could be out for four or five months, which was really really concerning. But thankfully, uh, it looked like it's just a, a a much better prognosis. It's about eight weeks, so two months, um, and 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 hopefully he should be back. Um, but yeah, it's a blow. Um, but um, you know, uh, it's not as big a blow as being out for four or five months as uh, as uh, certain people were telling me uh, pre- previous to to the news coming out. And uh, also in the injury room, we've got uh, mentioned before Etuhu Williamson uh, Robbo. Also, he's still coming back from from his uh, his uh, post op problems. And uh, uh, David Dunn as well. Um, Williamson, he, he's not going to be ready for the derby match, but uh, the the uh, the news is that he should be back reasonably soon. Certainly in uh, August. Yeah, it looks like he's he's the closest one uh, to, to to coming back. Obviously, two who had his injury, you know, before the end of last season, so he's been working his way back. Um, I've seen on Twitter he's he's. He's working on his fitness, so I don't think he's a million miles away. But obviously, he's not had any preseason 
um, games. So it's going to take him a while to get up to speed. Um, uh, so yeah, Williamson seems to be the closest one to returning, and he's he's needed, particularly if we don't bring in another central midfielder. Uh, but but yeah, the other ones are uh, are a bit away uh, from, from from fitness. Now talking about uh, bringing people in, we've we've had news that Jay Spearing is no longer a target. Um, I think uh, you, you you were saying that. Uh, um, Gary Boyer mentioned that in his interview on Friday, was it? Yeah, he gave an interview to uh, Radio Lancashire and, and uh, he was asked about Jay Spearing and obviously we had a bid for him accepted by um, by Liverpool. Uh, I believe it was £1.7 million. Um, but um, it looks like the player's not interested in joining Rovers. Uh, the speculation is that if he wants to, if he's coming back to the Championship, he'd prefer to go to Bolton, um, you know, where he was on on loan uh, last season. So, so um, Boyer was asked, and he said they've moved on from that one. Um, so, for the moment, that looks like that that one's dead now, uh, and, and Rovers are looking at another option. Yeah. And uh, one of those possible options is uh, Barry Bannon of uh, Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, we were linked with this about a week ago and then it seemed to go dead for a couple of days, but um, it really sparked up again on Friday where a couple of Villa sources were telling me that uh, Rovers had had made a bid and it was very close to be, uh, being accepted. Uh, over the last day or so, uh, the um, Birmingham Mail, so that's the local uh, a Birmingham newspaper has said that um, Rovers have agreed a deal with with Villa. I believe it's around about seven hundred and fifty thousand. So, so the players now got to agree personal terms. So, hopefully, uh, we can agree personal terms with him and bring him in. Um, I think it'd be a good signing. Uh, he's, um, he's a technically. I mean, I remember him from two or three years ago. Uh, so he's technically uh, a decent player. Uh, he's good pass of the ball. Uh, he can play out wide and also in, in the middle. Um, and like I said, he was a very, very hot prospect uh, when he first broke into that Villa side. He's not really progressed since then, but uh, uh, he's uh, he, yeah, he's definitely a very, very decent player. And, and we look forward uh, to hopefully bringing him in. And he's much needed because he's different to Low and Morrow in that respect. Uh, you know, he's... He's more of a technical player. He can pass the ball. So so uh, hopefully we can get that one over the line. And he's Scottish. So uh, I'm sure he knows Jordan Rose and, and Grant Hanley quite well from from their time uh, playing for the Scotland team, you know, the under-21s, etc. So so, so uh, I'm sure that would be to our uh, advantage as well because he, he knows some of the players here. And uh, also in the midfield, uh, we were looking at uh, someone from the UAE, the club Banyas that uh, uh, Mara Famika uh, failed a medical for, uh, have uh, an international UAE international, Amma Abdul Rahman. Yeah, um, the player arrived on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. Uh, Tuesday he arrived, so he's been here for just over a week. Um, so he's here training, I think, for initially two weeks and then. Uh, Rovers will decide whether they want to take you know take this one forward. Um, so so he's here for two weeks, and then uh, Rovers will look at him, monitor him, see see how he does, and then and then take it from there. I think he's the the, the lad himself has posted some pictures of him training uh, with the Rovers players. So so obviously he seems quite excited to be here. Um, and you know I've seen a, a, a quite a long YouTube clip of him. Uh, he played in the Olympics last year against Uruguay. I was actually at that game. Uh, I took my son. It was at Old Trafford, um, and uh, I do remember him. And there was another Omar Rahman, who was who was the UAE star man. So there's two of them, um, and they were the standout players. But I had a look at a YouTube clip, and he, he definitely can pass the ball. He plays as a defensive midfielder in that game, and uh, he, he passed the ball left, right, and centre. Good, good distribution. Uh, put a few, you know, good challenges in as well. So he looked decent, but uh, obviously uh, that was Olympic Games, um, and uh, playing the championship is completely different yeah. uh, to play against Uruguay, where you get a bit of time and space. Uh, so, so we'll we'll just have to see uh, how he does. Um, 
But uh, Boyer uh, was asked about bringing players in, and uh, on the radio Lancashire, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said they'd evaluated up to a thousand players uh, over the over the last uh, few months. So it just shows the kind of work that they're doing, um, and and you know we'll, we'll we'll just have to see how it goes over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the point is with with Boyer, he's always worked with young players, and if you look at the players we he's interested in bringing they're all young players you know like Morrow and Judge were previously uh, Taylor's a young lad um, you know this this uh, uh, Omar Abdul he's a young lad uh, Barry Bannon's only you know 21-22 so it looks like Boy is looking at the players he's seen uh, himself you know either uh, when he was managing a reserve team or when he's managing the under 21s so he, he's trying to stick to a market that he knows, which which is which is good. You know, he, he, obviously he's very very um, knowledgeable in that area, and and that's why he's trying to look at. But um, I think there might be a time where we also need to look at more established players. Um, you know, it, it's all well. You know, it's great having all these young lads in, but you, you do need a bit of experience as well. Uh, so hopefully, Boyer can look at that as well that yeah it's great having these young lads and this is a market that he knows and, and that's fantastic but uh, you need to get that blend between youth and experience uh, right um, and, and hopefully you know he, he can look at that side of things as well yeah yeah now we had a, a Spanish trialist uh, in the other day um, didn't work out apparently but uh, it wasn't uh, Xavi Alonso apparently <laughs> yeah, that old uh, forum favourite uh, raised his head. Uh, I tweeted something about uh, a Spanish trialist being at Rovers, but I didn't want to uh, reveal the name just in case we wanted to sign him. And I know a lot of other clubs get tipped off from stuff that comes on message boards and, and Twitter, so I didn't want to reveal his name. But anyway, later on that day, the name did come out. But prior to that, uh, I think it was Savio or, or, or definitely someone that put... Is it Jabby Alonso? <laughs> uh, that was on trial, so we, we had a bit of fun with that. But it was Fran Maride. Uh He's the ex-Arsenal youngster. Uh, I think he's still only 23. Uh, he came for a trial. I think he played in the Bury match, uh, and um, um, but obviously he didn't impress in the way that Rovers wanted, and for the time being, he's he's been sent back. And uh, one trialist who is... Uh... Uh, uh, going to be signing on, we think, is uh, Songo. Yeah, he's still here, and uh, Boyer talked about him on Friday again, and he said that that's one deal that they are looking to do. Um, uh, he's been obviously he's played in two or three preseason games and looked fairly decent, so um, I, I think that's one deal that Boyer was saying that he's looking to do over the next few weeks. Hmm. I suspect central defender. Yeah. Yeah, and right back. He can play right back as well. Um, uh, I suspect it's linked. If Jive moves on, then then um, uh, this this lad will come in. The Jive thing is, he went to Livorno. Um, he had a medical. I think he's passed his medi- medical. But I suspect uh, the deal is on the verge of collapse because um, I mean, this is just me speculating. But I think Jive wants Rovers to pay out some of. You know, he's got a year left on his contract. So I think he wants Rovers to pay out that contract. I'm not saying he wants the full money, but he wants some form of payment. And it looks like Rovers are saying no, or aren't prepared to to do what he wants. So so that's why he's back at the club, or or you know, or the Livorno ones looking at uh, looking like a deal that that might collapse. I don't think it's anything to do with the Livorno side of things. He's past medical. I'm assuming. The personal terms are all right, and it's to do with him wanting a payout from Rovers. And you, you think that uh, we're waiting on that before going for Songo? Yeah, I mean, you know, if Jive stayed, we don't need another defender. <laughs> so, so um, I, I think it's one out, one in kind of policy at the moment. Um, so, so no way can we sign Songo if if Jive is still at the club. You know, we'd have too many players. We already got too many players, so we need to get one out to get one in. Um, if uh, Gail Givet stays, um, what are the chances of Scott Dan moving on? Uh, Scott Dan, uh, I mean, I've been, he's been touted to a lot of Premier League clubs by his by his representatives, from what I'm told. Um, and 
uh, Southampton have been flirting with him for what seems months, uh, and I think Villa are also interested in him. Uh, so uh, I think we might get um, a Premier League club uh, taking a punt on him before the uh, before the close of the transfer window. Uh, we're in a weird situation because our season starts next week. The Premier League doesn't start for another two weeks, and we're still a month left in in the transfer window. So uh, I don't think Scott Dan would be a priority signing for any of these guys. Uh, but I suspect come the end of the transfer window, we might get someone bidding for him. Um, and it wouldn't it surprise me if it's either Southampton or, or Villa. So that's one to watch. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, what often happens is that right at the end of the window, you have uh, the little merry-go-rounds happening. It's quite possible that uh, if we lose one or two, that uh, uh, we'll have one or two others who are uh, kind of on a waiting list, as it were. I wouldn't be surprised if Songo was uh, was kept waiting for a, for a couple yeah. of weeks at least. Yeah, and I'd again, like I said in the last podcast, I'd be amazed if we don't get at least a one Premier League club trying to sign Jordan Rhodes. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, making a bid. Now, whether they make a bid that's acceptable to Rovers, that's another question. But um, mm. I think somewhat, I think we will get at least one Premier League club testing the water at least. Um, you know, yeah. because the guy scored thirty plus goals last year. You know, uh, in a team that struggled. So, uh, you know, he's and you know he's 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 a he's a good finisher. Uh, he's been called up for the Scotland squad that play England <laughs> on yeah. the uh, in the middle of August. I think it's twelfth, thirteenth August or something like that. Uh, I, I'm dreading that game. If he scores in that game or something, then <laughs> that will really get people interested again. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. So. Because you know that's a high-profile game, and if he does well in that, then uh, you might get some some clubs say, "Yeah, let, let's take a punt on him." So but that's the other one. I expect someone to to come in and and make a bid um, uh, for him. You know, at some point before before the end of the transfer window. Yeah. Now, Mauro Formica, uh, we we said just before that. Uh, his proposed move to Banias fell through because of a, a medical problem. Yes, uh, but he, I mean, I don't know what's gone on there. To be honest, uh, he didn't look injured yesterday or anything. He was mm. running around like like normal. Um, so uh, God knows what's gone on there. But I don't think there's anything imminent uh, for for Maro for Mika coming on, and I don't think he's one of these ones that we're going to pay off and, and let go. So, mm. so I think. For the time being, he, he's, he's still here. Yeah. And Ruben, uh, there's been lots of speculation about him moving on. Uh, is there anything further on Ruben? Nothing further, but uh, Elche, I think Elche or something they're called. Elche, uh, yeah. Elche, yeah. A Spanish La Liga side are still rumoured to be interested in bringing him in on loan. Uh, but like, like I said, he came on yesterday and made a decent impact. Um, so... Um, I'm hoping that he's at least given a chance, you know, over the next few games and see how he does. And then, if if at the end of the transfer window they want to loan him out on the, the at the end that and he hasn't done well, then that's fair enough. But uh, I, I think he offers quite a lot. He is a kind of player who 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 can be brilliant and can be awful in the same game. <laughs> you know, he can do stuff that drives you mad, but then. He's the one player who's got that bit of flair and creativity, and he can scare teams, um, you know. And and that will give other players a room. You know, if they're trying to mark Ruben tight, um, then it opens up space for the likes of Rhodes or the wide men. So, so um, I, I definitely at least give him a, a chance uh, at the start of the season, see how he gets on. Uh, he definitely looks bigger in terms of muscle bound. So, hopefully, that would will help him as well in, in what is a very physical lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to round up the uh, transfers uh, in and out, uh, there was something uh, on, 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 the, on the good old internet uh, the other day about three teams being interested in Phil Barsley of Sunderland. Uh, Fulham was one, I remember, and uh, Rovers uh, was also mentioned. Uh, Phil Barsley, of course, uh, having been... Uh, pictured, I think, lying around on a casino with uh, uh, <coughs> ten-pound notes or fifty-pound notes uh, scattered over his body uh, in the early hours of morning. Uh, this didn't uh, please Paolo Di Canio, 
a great deal. And so uh, basically Paolo, Paolo Di Canio has, uh, has, has thrown him out and uh, he's, he's now uh, waiting for a new club, as it were. Um, have you heard anything about him coming to the Rovers or is it just uh, people making, uh, making up stories? That's a new one on me, to be honest. Uh, I've not heard him linked with Rovers or any chat to say that we're interested. He's obviously surplus to requirements at Sunderland because they've signed about 50 new players, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's a massive amount of recruitment uh, that Paolo Di Canio has done uh, over the summer. So uh, uh, he's obviously, um, you know, he's he's on his way out there. Um, but uh, I've not heard anything to suggest that Rovers are interested in him. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's a very decent Premier League experienced player. Um, so other than lying on casino tables with £50 notes, uh, I think he could do a good job in the, in the Championship. So, so if you were looking at him, then uh, uh, it'd be uh, an interesting signing. Uh, again, he's one of these guys who could play in a number of positions. So so maybe you know, that would be to, to our advantage as well. Mm. So, but, but, yeah, I've not heard anything from anyone connected with Rovers to say that we're interested in him. Right. So, yesterday, uh, the Venkis uh, turned up to the Everton game, uh, came unannounced, as it were. Um, in fact, they came uh, so incognito that uh, uh, they nearly took you with with them to their seats, I believe, Cammy. Yeah, it was, uh, I, was, I got to the game a bit... Uh, I normally get to Ewood about half an hour before kickoff, but I was running late yesterday, so it was about... 10 minutes before the game where I was outside the ground and saw a load of police officers and barriers erected. That's normally the, the kind of setup for when the away team arrives. Um, so I was thinking, the Everton are running late, you know, just nearly 10 minutes before the kickoff and all these barriers. I didn't even thought about um, uh, um, uh, Venkis turning up for this and I stood near the Jack Walker uh, stand gate and uh, uh, with my brother and my son and this car came flying it nearly took me out <laughs> and uh, out popped uh, Balaji and then a couple of other cars came and um, the other Venkis entourage uh, were uh, you know well, got out there um, I didn't see Venkatesh but that's not to say that he wasn't there because uh, um, there were quite a number of people getting out of those cars but I saw Balaji uh, with his bling uh, getting out of the car um, and uh, the the only other thing I noticed was that there was no Shebby Singh in the entourage. You know, I was looking out for him specifically, um, and and there was no Shebby uh, with, with the Venkis entourage. So um, they stayed for their usual sixty odd minutes, and and then then when then took off. Um, so so yeah, uh, maybe they thought we were back in the Premier League or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to to fly in for this game. Uh, um, but yeah, I was very surprised to see him there for a pre-season friendly. So, mm. um, um, you know, God knows what they, what they uh, what they are here for uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know. I'd be surprised if they just came in for a pre-season friendly. I'm I'm assuming they're for, here for other reasons as well. Um, presumably, there's uh, things to talk about with uh, Gary Boyer about signings and. So on, and uh, also the new executive structure. Um, is is there no movement on that on that side? It's all gone, all gone very quiet at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of chat about it, but like I said in the last podcast, I think with the transfer window open, and and Rovers wanted to make sure they get business done properly. I suspect that's what might be uh, the reason why they're not making any changes at the moment. But maybe once the transfer window. Uh, um, Closes, then then they might um, uh, make some changes. But at the moment, um, uh, no, nothing, nothing else on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bellagi will presumably be, have been uh, a little bit concerned at the fact that there are, you know, less than four thousand Rovers fans uh, on the ground yesterday. Uh, season ticket sales. Uh, have you heard any news on uh, how they're going? Yeah, I mean, I've asked the club, and I know. Uh, Chris Flanagan at the Lancashire Telegraph has also asked the club, and no figures have been released. So, <laughs> well, well, you know, no one said if they're good, bad, indifferent, about the same, nothing, uh, no, no comment on 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 anything to do with season ticket sales from from the club. So, uh, you know, everyone's a bit in the dark. Uh, yesterday, I wasn't 
too surprised about the lack of attendance because I think a lot of people were put off by the ticket prices. Uh, I think it's £15 for adults in the Jack Walker and £12 in the Blackburn End and £5 for juniors. So um, I think people are looking at, well, you know, a family of four, two adults, two children, uh, you, you wouldn't get much change out of £50 uh, for, a, for a pre-season friendly. Uh, um, you know, if it had been a Barcelona or a, a big foreign club, you might have got more people coming up, but it was Everton, um, you know, and I don't think people were very excited by that. So um, uh, with those prices, I think a lot of people decided to stay at home, mm. which in these uh, tough economic times, yeah, um, yeah. I can fully understand, you know, uh, it's not cheap, um, uh, particularly in Blackburn, you know, um, they're not people with that much money, you know, so... Uh, so I can fully understand people um, not wanting to pay those kind of prices. Mm. Well, we'll, uh, we'll find out at, uh, at Forest in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, yeah. See, see how it goes. We were talking just then about uh, the executive structure. Uh, there's been a change uh, in the backroom staff. It's not, a, it's not a good change either. Paul Brand, who was uh, uh, looking after uh, performance analysis... Um, remember he was uh, doing the Prozone stuff uh, he's gone to Manchester United uh, this this last week so that's a, a big loss for the Rovers Yeah, um, I mean every club uses this uh, the Prozone and uh, performance monitoring and, and uh, you know by the fact that he's gone to United that should tell people that he's one of the best at, at, at this analysis stuff um, it's a very specialised area you know I mean using Prozone properly and making sure the manager gets the right stats and uh, looks at the right things in terms of you know the, the performance of the players and uh, Paul's one of the best ones and, and that's why United have come for him uh, so hopefully uh, we can replace him with someone you know as equally uh, capable because it's it's a big area for clubs um, I know Sam when he was here he revolutionised Rovers in terms of the performance monitoring side of things. Um, you know, he bought all the new technology in, he implemented uh, Prozone, etc. You know, he, he did a lot of work in that area and it's one of the things that Keane didn't demolish, thankfully. Um, so, and then when Appleton came in, uh, he added to that side of things because he's another one who was, who believes in, in, in that side of, of, of the game. So, uh, you know, we, we need to... Uh, Hopefully, replace him uh, with someone who, who, who can help because it's it 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 can be that one percent, you know, uh, that one percent between success and failure. Uh, you know, if you if you can find out what your players are doing right and what what they aren't doing right. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now, next week on Sunday, uh, we play Derby in the opening match. It's uh, on the Sunday for as part of the 125th uh, anniversary celebrations of the founding of the Football League. Um, do you have any predictions for the Derby match? <laughs> uh, I'll go for a draw, 1-1, one, one, um, and uh, hopefully that'll start us off <laughs> on the right stead. Fair enough. Hmm, yeah. Mm, yeah. We must have played Derby begin early season, uh, maybe four years ago, four four years ago, three years ago. I remember going going down there when oh blimey, it must have been a while back now. Uh, when Ravanelli uh, was there, uh, absolutely s- steaming into David Dunn and uh, and doing him. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> was it really? Blimey. Yeah. Yeah, but it was at Pride Park. Uh, I, remember, right. I remember going to Pride Park and watching them, and uh, yeah, then uh, uh, maybe it was only three, four years ago when I saw them again early, early season at Pride Park. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Blimey, my, my memory's going, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I'll be going again, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll put in a decent performance. Uh, as, lo- as long as we don't get beat, I'll, I'll be happy. And yeah, uh, I fancy a goal or two. Yeah, I mean, first game of the season away from home, you can pick up a draw and then yep. you know, that, that gets the ball rolling, so to speak. Uh, yep. It's very important for Boyer to get off to a good start, I think. Yes. 
uh, knowing the owners and even though Shebby's not around at the moment, I don't think he's been sacked from Venkis. I think he's still doing stuff for them in India. Uh, Boyer needs a very good start to the season, I think. Um, uh, and get the fans on side, get fans believing and um, get the players believing as well. And, um, you know, we've had some stability over the summer uh, because the manager's taken charge of things, uh, particularly on the transfer side. So uh, we need that to continue and hopefully... Uh, Boyer can get off to a decent start to the season. That will then, again, further strengthen his position. Uh, if he gets the players believing, then then you never know. you know. But um, very, very important that uh, uh, we get off to a, a decent start and hopefully then that gives Boyer the breathing space to, to take things forward. But um, I'm dreading if we lose the first two or three games, uh, what will happen then? Well, you know, the last thing I think we need now is another change of manager. If they think Boy is the right man, uh, which you know I also think, uh, considering what he inherited at the end of last season in a crisis situation, he got us out of of trouble. It shows the guy can cope with pressure and get the team to perform under the most extreme circumstances. So he needs to be given that chance to 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 take things forward. Um, and the last thing we want to do is look to be changing a manager after three games or something but that's the kind of crazy decision Venkis are capable of making if they start listening to, to the wrong people again and believe me the wrong people haven't gone away they've just been sidelined for the time being um, so it's very very important for Boyer and for us that he gets off to a, a good start to the season and then hopefully the stability uh, will remain and, and he can take the club forward mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, good luck to uh, Gary Boyer and his team. And uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll uh, we'll be on four points, hopefully, after uh, maybe a draw at Derby and a victory against uh, Forrest at home. And we can uh, uh, start to look towards a season of, uh, of getting, getting a house in order. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got time for today. Um Thanks ever so much for coming on, Cammy. Do, do you have any final comments? No, I mean, just like to wish everyone a <laughs> good start to the season. And, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully we can bring in a couple of players over the next week or so that will improve the squad. And then we can look forward to a, a decent season. You know, promotion is going to be very tough this year, I think. Um, QPR have got kept hold of the majority of the squad uh, Wigan have strengthened really well Forrest have bought in some decent players Jamie Mackey coming in last week will make them strong Leicester are quite strong uh, Bolton did well you know, uh, at the back end of last season and I know they're looking to strengthen their squad so I think uh, automatic promotions probably a pipe dream but uh, my hope is that we can be in the top 10 uh, come Easter and then maybe sneak into the playoffs and and take it from there. But um, I think I think we need to be realistic with our our, our uh, ambitions. You know, we nearly got relegated last year. Uh, you know, so we need to um, just hopefully get into the top ten, secure ourselves in that top ten position first, and then maybe look to uh, make a charge for the playoffs. Uh, um, I mean, boy, it might surprise us, but uh, I think automatic promotion is going to be very very tough. Uh, considering the likes of QPR and Wigan, um, you know the, the kind of business they've done um, and the squads that they've got. But um, you know, Hull proved it last year, and Crystal Palace also. Uh, they both got up on limited budget, so you, you never know in this in this league. It's a crazy division, but um, I just hope we can get into the top ten first, and then maybe uh, make a run for the playoffs. Yeah. And to forget that uh, we've had three seasons on the trot of relegation and near relegation, yeah. So just stabilising in mid-table uh, for for one season would uh, would be uh, a welcome change, shall we say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, everybody out there, uh, thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, we'll be having the podcasts uh, regularly. I don't know whether we'll have one next weekend because uh, the Derby match is on the Sunday. So we may uh, skip a week and uh, have a combined one with the uh, Derby and Forest matches uh, the week after. 
But uh, yeah, we look forward to having you with us again. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks to Cami. And uh, we'll also be looking forward to uh, having some uh, more guests on uh, during the season uh, on, the, on the regular podcasts and some of the regular team back on. In the meantime, uh, wherever you are, do take good care. And uh, thank you ever so much for listening in.